Hey everybody in the podcasting world. Uh, this is episode 3, even though I'll probably delete episode 1. Cause, I mean, not 1, uh, 2. Talking about the rookie running backs, and I'll probably just cover the rookies all together. <sighs> because I, I felt like that re- episode was just kind of rambling a lot. I mean, most of the episodes are. Uh, but still. Uh, also, I'm planning on having possibly a guest next time I do this, so that'll be fun to see how that goes. Okay, today I just wanted to talk about several things that's been happening over the off season and changes we kind of expect to see coming in. Um, and also some stuff that I just came across. Like, the first thing I came across was teams that are likely to draft a running back next year. Which doesn't really matter this year, but it does matter for... It's a, it's such a stacked rookie running back class next year, and they have some key landing spots that I thought interesting. In some... I wish I could tell you what article it was now, but... Something somebody had wrote... And they made some points on where running back uh, landing spots could be. And the top of the list was teams like, in no particular order, Atlanta, Miami, Texans, Chiefs, Bills, Bucks, and they listed the Jags and the Titans as make it or break it years for their current running backs. Okay, so, I don't hate this list. (laughs) I think it's interesting, though. A lot of it dealt with, like, how teams' contracts are breaking down. Um, Like, I believe I'm right on this, that the Jags didn't pick up uh, the fifth-year extension on Leonard Fournette. And they've been relatively pissed at him lately. But the dude's talented. So if he blows up this year, they are almost in a position where they're a running team. They need a good running back. They if he blow if he has a good season this year and kinda keeps his nose clean, he's due to get a new contract and make lots of money and stay with the team. And then they'll be taken off this list. Actually, I think the Titans shouldn't be on this list because I really like Derrick Henry. But also, he hasn't done anything except for, um, is it five games last at the end of last year where he went nuts? Uh, besides that, he's been a big, fast running back who refused to use power at all. So he would, and couldn't get much done in the passing game and just looked like a bad fit for that offense. Now, having said that, he was a bad fit for the offense and in the last five games, like the last, the second half of last year, but especially toward the the final five, the uh, Titans totally switched blocking assignments. They went to more of a power run, which of course you would. Like, zone running is fine if you're, running out some other backs, but I mean, Derrick Henry's like 245 pounds and runs uh, 
like a four four. Like the dude's sick. He's just a beast. But he's also not made to like do a whole bunch of juking in the backfield and and trying to find zone lanes and cut back running. Like I just want him running super fast and super super direct like in a straight line the fastest point from A to B like I put him in a power running scheme so let's talk about some of these teams Atlanta they they're basically using this argument and I kind of would too around Devontae Freeman who you either loved having on your team or you kind of always did hate having on your team because of his availability issues. And now they're getting to a point where they could kind of uh, get out of the contract starting in the next couple years. And some of these are like multi... Like if you're looking for a running back in the next couple years, you're probably taking one next year. <laughs> uh, Miami could also I see I would put Drake in the prove it deal kind of thing but Miami didn't invest in a running back this year some people think it was to give Drake a chance I'm kind of in that camp other people think that um they're kind of just tanking <laughs> to see what they get their draft picks up for next year and a good running back would have helped them to win some games and they don't want to do that I think I'm more in the prove it for Drake camp but I've been wrong on this before like in all honesty I don't know if I was wrong on this but I thought Lamar Miller when he was with the Dolphins was going to just destroy if he ever got a chance He's doing. he did the same thing Drake's doing he had limited uh, carries, but had enormous production on those limited carries. Like, Lamar Miller with the Dolphins was all like a top 20 back his last two years there. And he barely got any carries. And Drake's doing the same thing now. But then whenever Lamar Miller started getting the rocket, the Texans, his efficiency went like through the floor. Signed him to a big contract. He became the starter. And the one thing he did in Miami, which I never see him do now, is make big plays and make big runs. And dude's been solid. Like, you kind of know what you're getting with Lamar Miller now. You're gonna, He's going to finish somewhere between 16 to 22. Um... He's never going to, he's and and he's never going to like light up a team really. He's never going to win you a week, but he doesn't really lose you it either. And I actually seen a stat where he was like, if you look at the running backs over the last three years, he's like somewhere high up and for yards total yards accumulated. Which is surprising because you don't think of him like that. But I still say they are going to be looking for a new running back next year. One thing though, Texans may be looking for a new running back. So will Miami. Devontae Foreman's getting a lot of uh, 
press right now. People are talking him up big time. Uh, he's coming back off of an injury, which is the Achilles injury, which is hard to come back from. Uh, but, I mean, reports are he's starting to get some explosiveness back. I was never a big Devontae, uh, I mean, uh, Foreman guy, but I'm kind of believing it a little bit now. So, you have him. Hold on to him. Um, let's talk about teams that I wish I knew the future on. And the and also things that I, I just don't know. <laughs> like, we will know two weeks into the season what all these teams are. But right now, I just have no idea. Um, let's talk about... Well, let's stay with... Uh, let's go to Seattle. So, Seattle's interesting. They have two running backs... Carson did basically what Derrick Henry did at the end of last year and totally crushed it. He was a monster, like a crazy good monster. He's one of the best running backs in the league in the second part of uh, half of the year. And he was going up against a guy that was taken in the first round who could not stay on the field. And it wasn't just due to injury. He just didn't get that many calories. Yes, early on, totally due to injury. Like, he had a whole bunch of nagging injuries. Uh, Rashad Penny came into camp overweight last year, not this year. This year, he looks more dedicated. All the hype is with him. Carson is still nursing that groin injury. I think he had minor groin surgery. Just a cleanup procedure, but still, it means that it's opened the door for Rashad Penny to go crazy. Alright, he's doing it. All the stuff in camp, all the reports are good. He's the most improved player, blah, blah, blah. I have no idea. Um, Kenny, of course, has Rashad Penny because he loves him. Uh... I don't have Rashad Penny anywhere. I do have Chris Carson in a couple leagues because I thought his value was really good. On tape, I just like Carson so much better. But I think we'll be looking at a different Penny this year. Um, he didn't look explosive or decisive in a lot of his runs last year. And he still had some highlight film stuff. Like, you look at his highlights from last year, they look really good. And his regular, I didn't like his regular every down carries, but compared to Carson, Carson just looked like a man. Just a, a man possessed, like Beast Mode 2.0. But I think, I think they're both going to get a lot of run in one of the most run-heaviest offenses in the league. But let's talk about that. So, the probably if you would ask me uh, the teams that would be the most run heavy next year, I would say um, the Ravens and the Seahawks. 
both of them invested. They're actually mirroring each other quite, uh, quite a lot. Uh, both of them, and they they want to run similar offenses. They both have quarter running quarterbacks. They both have probably two backs that are going to wind up getting a lot of run. Uh, but the most interesting like correlation between the two is they both took wide receivers, two of them, in the draft and to do the same purpose. In both cases, they drafted two wide receivers with the express, like, the total cons- the reason is to stretch the field. I think you're going to see run, 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 play action, go over the top in both of these offenses. Uh, both of them have quarterbacks who could definitely throw it, like, deep. Now, I am not comparing uh, Russell Wilson to Jackson. But I am saying that I think I think the Ravens might have a more interesting and offense this year than they did last year. He was, he was basically just a glorified running back and a lot of that stuff. But I don't think it's going to be that way this year. I think the two they both know that even though they want to run the ball, passing is going to be forced down their throats. A lot like what happened with the Lions last year. Lions were talking all year long about how they went to run the ball last year. And they tried, and they did a little bit. They drafted a running back high in the draft. Uh, and I love on Johnson, but also, they didn't really get to run the ball as much as they wanted to. And I think the Ravens and Steelers, and the Ra- Steelers, we'll talk about them in a second. The Ravens and Seahawks are thinking the same thing. Like, if we have to pass, we have to be in a situation where we could do it well. But I think play-action pass is going to be something you see. Not that it's going away in the league, but you haven't seen it as much as you used to. And I think it's going to be coming back with a vengeance. So, I just have this thought experiment that I just want to present. This isn't even, I've been thinking about this all day. This isn't even something that I necessarily believe in. I just want you to think about it. Two offenses that modeled each other a lot last year in offense modeling is the Vikings and the Steelers. Both of them had... Now, look, I'm not comparing quarterbacks. I'm not even comparing wide receivers, really. But both of the offenses wanted to run the ball... In both cases, you had a high target, big slot, uh, which was just fed targets all year long. And you also had a outside, smaller outside X guy who required multiple coverage to defend. So basically, in the Steelers offense, they wanted to run the ball. But they wind up being in positions where they were dictated to throw. They had to force to throw the ball. And the main reason because of that is teams would try to defend the run. 
and they would also try to take away Antonio Brown through uh, double coverages and special coverages dedicated to him. He saw a ton of press man with a guy over top was the basic way to defend him. I thought, I think the stat was he's seen press manned with extra help, like on half of his routes, which is just stupid. Uh, and that opened the, the door for them to basically throw it to Juju every single down. And that's what they did. They, they gave him a ton of targets and he uh, just basically feasted out of the slot. Juju didn't do that well against Man Press. The good news is he never had to see it because of the way teams were forced to defend AD, AB and also concerns about stopping the run game. Literally the exact same thing happened to the Vikings. So you wind up with teams rolling out coverage over to Diggs who could beat a press man coverage and it left things open much more for Thielen who did not have to worry about beating press man and could just be the big slot guy for most of his routes and just like owned the center of the field and also like Thielen did some work on the outside too but for the most part he was way more productive and had a lot more yards and catches coming out of the slot. And that was on a team that really wanted to run also. Basically the same thing happened to them. Admittedly they had a better defense, but I mean, Steelers had a better quarterback, so it all kind of evens out. The thought experiment that I would just suggest, and this is what I've kind of been thinking about all day, what would you do because if you were in a situation where uh, Diggs was taking off the team next year? Would you wind up, if you did rankings, they trade Diggs tomorrow? Would you raise Thielen in your rankings? <sighs> so, he got a ton of targets already. I'm not sure how much, when you look at just how much they throw the ball, he was getting the mo more targets anyway. Um, I, I, they, he, they wouldn't really probably move his position. They might kick him out to the X, but more than likely they would take someone else, put them at the X, and keep him in the role that he's been doing so well in. Or if even if they wouldn't, let's just say that they do. I'm not sure how many more targets he would get. And he'd be in a situation where he had to face teams rolling coverage his way. I don't know if his production really goes up all that much. Even if he does get a slight bump in targets, I'm not sure that his efficiency can... The, the dip that'll be in his efficiency will... will be, I think it would be way greater than his bumped targets. I don't know where I would put him. I think I'd probably have him about the same place. But in reality, I would be much more worried about him if something happened in Diggs. 
And it's kind of just that thought experiment has kind of made me start worrying about Juju. Antonio Brown gets taken off the team. Now they can roll coverage Juju's way. They don't have anybody to put on the outside that is extraordinarily scary right now. I know Washington. I, I'm pumped about him too, guys. I am the biggest Deontay Johnson fan probably in the world because I was pumped about him. I really thought he'd go like in the fifth round. And so I was planning on just drafting him in the like fifth round of rookie drafts. And then when the Steelers wind up taking him on day two, I was like, oh my God, I was right about Deontay Johnson. Oh my God, I don't, I'm going to have to use like a third round pick on him now. And that's kind of what I did. And hopefully he's good. But I'm not worried about Washington. I'm not, if I'm a defense, I'm not worried about Deontay Johnson. Like, I'm probably just manning him up. Maybe I'll roll a deep coverage. Like, but, I mean, honestly, the person I'm worried about is Juju. It brings, it, and because of the place where he, he roams around and gets a lot of his catches being over the middle, at least starting or going through the middle in some point of his routes, uh, I think I'm dropping the safety down, and he could help support pass coverage and taking away a little bit from Juju and also helping and stopping the run and play a single high safety to help with deep stuff like I don't know if his I don't know if we're going to see the same offense out of the Steelers that we seen last year Um, I'm interested but then again like Look, this is me saying, and it's not that I don't like Juju. Like, I do. I have him in a tier behind, like, Michael Thomas and stuff like that because I just favor explosive X receivers more than uh, big slot guys. But, like, I've seen what a big slot guy could do with no help. And with uh, Coles, looking at Colston for a decade. And I would say Juju is much more athletic than Colston is. So I think, I don't think his, I don't definitely don't think he was, I think he's a second rounder. I think he's, uh, should go in the second round of, of, uh, of reg- your regular drafts that w- that aren't dynasty and in dynasty he's so young that if you took him in the first round I'm not really arguing with that I think that that's he, he's going to be good for another decade but I am interested to see what happens this year because I don't know what kind of offense we're really looking at um for the last topic and really team I want to bring up today is a team that I I feel like I was right on and we'll see what happens but I'm worried I picked the wrong person. I'll explain it. So that team is the Bengals. I, as a, I morally don't like the Bengals because who they and who that is just too close 
and we had who that way before they had who day so i feel like they should we should we have a trademark somewhere i know we do in a file cabinet and they shouldn't be able to use it but objectively i think they're going to be the most improved offense in the league doesn't make me a big Dalton fan, but they're about ready to start using most of the concepts the Rams used. And although I think the Rams offense has been exposed a little bit at the end of last year, and I hate them just on principle, but their offense has done like way more with less with not that much. I mean, they basically took the same offensive pieces that they had from uh, two years ago and just made an all-star offense over the last two years. And their team was junk. Like, I had Gurley through the quote-unquote bad year. You know, like, I drafted him everywhere. I just believed in him so much. And that offense was terrible. And you knew it was going to be terrible. Like, they were on hard knocks, the Rams, that year. And I was going, oh, God. Like, they're trying to make this offense seem good and trying to make... And I'm just not seeing it. And, the net, and of course, they were terrible that year. But then Fisher gets fired, and they get an entirely new scheme in, and then they just just destroy. Like, their offense just goes nuts. That same philosophy is being brought over to the Bengals, which has had a stagnant offense. And now they're going to get an mo- actual modern offense in this league. If you look at it, the people who I think benefit the most, obviously running backs and wide receivers, I think Mixon is going to be a beast. It makes me so angry. I don't have Mixon in this league. <laughs> I don't think I could give up the pieces to get him. Because I think he's going to enter. I was thinking about if I, on my redraft league that I have to do in uh, like a month or two. I was really considering if something happens where I don't get the top one of the top four running backs. Just to say screw it, pick at five and take Mixon. And that's crazy. They have so many good wide receivers that should be taking it. But, like, how do you not take Hopkins there? Like, it's so crazy for me to consider this. But I I just, I, everything I'm looking at, I'm going, man, Mixon's just going to go nuts. I also think if you get got A.J. Green, which I think Dave has him, uh, he's going to go nuts too. He's basically going to take the... Uh, Robert Woods role in that offense and he is way better than Robert Woods I don't care who the quarterback is like I don't really care in this offense who they put at quarterback it's like anybody who's running the Eagles offense if you're just a quarterback you're gonna do well in that offense if you're a great or good quarterback then you're gonna go nuts and you might be up for MVP like Mahomes. Uh, but if I don't, I don't care that it's Dalton. Like I think Dalton can can do everything that he needs to do to just be passable. Uh, 
I mean, look at golf. His first year, he was terrible. His second year, and I know there's a, a sophomore jump usually. Sometimes it's a slump, but uh, he understood way more in that offense. And McVeigh just kind of turned around and just kind of took a quarterback that was like you could have traded a in in a super flex. You could have still traded a third round pick and got. <laughs> Got golf after his disastrous first year. I want to say I actually did that. I'm trying to remember if it was the third. But I got him. And then he went nuts. And he became my starter. And that was great. Uh, the person who I've kind of invested in a lot. Because he's the cheapest. Is John Ross. And <laughs> I really believe... John Ross has a chance because he's playing the Cooks role. And I really think he has a chance to just go nuts in this offense. But he's having trouble picking up the offense as far as so far. So I felt really good about it. Um, the coaching staff, he was talking positive. The coaching staff is talking positive. Uh, toward the end, reports were coming out that he's still having problems learning the offense. I know it's a complicated offense. Gosh, I would love to see a healthy year from him. I mean, he's one of the people I, that I'm just tape blocked on. Like, I seen his tape coming out of college, and I loved it. I thought he was, him and Corey Davis was like a cut above everyone else. And... Now it's funny because Mike Williams is probably the one I like I like the most this year out of all those three guys. But I just I I swear I'm gonna give up on John Ross after this if it doesn't work. But I hated the offense and the way they used him since he's been in the league. Injuries have hurt him. I love him in this offense. I like him being the dy dynamic playmaker, get the ball in his hands so he can make plays. Also, just let him burn some guys. Just let him go out there and smoke them right off the line. Just, just throwing bombs. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. And the last—I know I said it was the last one last time, but now I have to talk about this offense. I think the Packers have the most interesting. I want to see them in preseason so bad because. They went from a totally stagnated offense. Like, the offense they've been using for the last couple years hasn't really been a modern offense. Uh, reports came out that basically what would happen is uh, the coordinator would call the play, and then Mc I mean, McCarthy would call the play, and then, uh, then uh, Rodgers would change it in the, in the huddle. And... <laughs> It's just a dysfunctional, completely dysfunctional offense. They didn't really line. They basically lined up in the same three wide set every play, um, and which helps out the quarterback for well, helps him out to call his own plays and be the the coach on the field because you know exactly where everybody's going to start from. Uh, Manning actually did this with the Colts. It was basically a three wide set. Sometimes they use the tight end because the Dallas Clark, which was basically a big slot. But 
it was basically three white sets and you used it and he used that to kind of call the play from the huddle go around do all the stuff Rodgers was basically doing the same thing and that hurt one wide receiver especially who showed a lot of promise last year when the coach reportedly went to MVS and said hey listen you either gonna listen to my play calls or Rodgers and MVS wind up listening to the wrong one. He listened to the coach and didn't listen to Rodgers. MVS supposedly was just running the wrong, the quote-unquote wrong route. He was actually running a right route and just Rodgers was changing everybody else's routes. And he was running the wrong route on every play. I mean, think about that. Like, he's totally taken out of this offense and also just kind of screwing it up for everybody else. He and you, you, you're basically you're you're only running a ten-man team. I'm shocked. Number one, that's dumb. Like, I like, I don't think like I'd like. I'm so used to having players that I feel like I could go drinking with at the end of the day, and just like. I could drink with this dude. This this is a cool guy. Like I would totally go drinking with Breeze. So, uh, I want I want to go hang out with Zion. You know, like just cool players who who, uh, just seem fun. And Rogers just seems like a dick in that article. Like it just totally. I'm like, God, this guy's such a dick. If though. But he's amazing. He's like super talented. If he and if they can, if him and the coach can actually get along and they could run the same offense, then I think we have some opportunities for some really amazing things. One of them is I have MVS in every league because I was like, man, if only Rogers would not be pissed off at this guy. I liked him in the same thing, like a five-game stretch last year. He was awesome, and he really do. He could play such an important role. He's smart. He's fast. He's talented. He's he's got great uh, size adjust, uh, size adjusted speed scores. Like the dude, the dude could ball. He's never going to be the number one on that team, but I I think he could be a solid two for a fantasy team. If everything falls right. Now keep in mind, I'm the guy who believed in John Ross, so you know, I don't know everything. Who knows? John Ross might be good this year, you know? I'm still holding out hope. Uh but their reports now, and I think this is actually a good thing for MVS. There's reports of number one, he's picking off the uh, picking up the offense quickly. The second thing is, now they're an offense that uses motion and misdirection before the snap. Rodgers is pissed about that because it doesn't. It, it only gives him time to basically say, we're going with play A or we're going with play B. And a lots of times that's a pass versus run based on what he sees by the defense. This is awesome for MVS because he can't just... Rodgers won't have the time to just totally make up a play and leave MVS out 
and MVS has to run the routes. Plus, it kind of seems like the fences between him and MVS, Rogers and MVS, MVS have kind of mended. Uh, he came out, Rogers came out, told everybody how awesome of a camp he's having, backed up what the coaches are saying about this. The only chink in this armor is. Uh, for the entire offense. I think the entire offense is going to be great. The only thing is if Rodgers... If Rodgers isn't happy about not having enough time to audible. And he doesn't like all the motion. Even though the motion helps to make his audible correct. So, like, he can audible if they're, he knows they're playing zone. He could switch it up to something that, like a flood that beats zone. Um... He, he's still not liking it. It's new. So I'm hoping he'll just kind of go with it anyway. The uh, the running back situation there is, is interesting too. Because the like everybody's on Aaron Jones right now. I think I am too. The only problem is I love Dexter Williams. Uh, he was a great value where the, the Packers got him. And it's because of some off-the-field stuff early in Notre Dame. Early in the year at Notre Dame. But once he got on the field after the suspension and he was a good teammate through the rest of the year, everything seemed legit. Dude can ball and the actual person I think he compares to could be he's like basically another Aaron Jones just bigger <laughs> and I just I'm just interested to see what happens in that offense I think it could be a situation where the only thing that worries me about Aaron Jones who looked amazing last year I'm not saying anything bad about Aaron Jones but They've already come out and said that they want a split backfield. And if they do, I don't think it's going to be a Will I think it's going to be a Dexter Williams. Uh, and I, I really like Dexter Williams. If, if Aaron Jones goes down, I think Dexter Williams has a shot. Especially since I really think that offense is going to be good. Alright, that's enough. <laughs> That's enough for this episode. Maybe next week we'll get into some other stuff if I can, if I have time to record next week. But uh, talk to you later, guys.